Tora. <laughs> so this is our first episode of the podcast. Let's start with some introduction and you can tell our listeners about you and your relationship with films. But uh, my background in films is I never studied film except I took one college course uh, last year in the uh, scary movie department, which to be honest, I loved it. And so when it comes down to movies, I like to to connect with the movies uh, in in a feeling way as uh, I do like to watch the movies in a very uh, philosophical perspective. So now the same question goes to you, Sam. Perfect, because my relationship with films is very weirdly regular and inane and boring. Because I went to a yeah, I went to a legit film school to burn some money because <laughs> clearly I wasn't happy being a normal person. And I was lucky enough to work and study at Ealing Studios, which is the studio where they shot Downton Abbey and The Crown most recently. FYI, do not watch The Crown. It's a shitty show. It's a horrible, disgusting show. So, and after that, I directed and produced show films, worked in feature films, music videos and TV shows. And as a lover of all things film, I love watching loads and loads of film, critiquing them. And in the very beginning of my career, which was five years ago, and if you don't know my name, it's a testament of the fact that even if when you go to a film school, you will not end up as a famous <laughs> filmmaker. You never but know, never say because... never. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. Yes, I'm going to make a film about the exactly. patch where he'll fall in love with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so in the very beginning of my career, I fell in love with Quentin Tarantino and Christopher Nolan, actually. So most of my short films and the indie work I've done is sort of like a love child of Tarantino and Nolan. Just a bit of a spoiler, if you ever use a Steadicam in your films, I will know that and I will hate your film for the use of a Steadicam. Like, I really, <laughs> really hate a Steadicam. And this is very true because once me and you were watching a movie uh, at your flat and you start going off at this camera movement and I'm like, what is happening? And you start giving me a one hour lecture about the camera movements and uh, how this camera... Because it was a fucking steady <laughs> was cam. so bad. I hate a steady cam. I still remember this class we had where they called a steady cam operator and made all of us wear the heavy gear. And I have so much respect for people who use a steady cam because it, that shit is fucking heavy. But again, as a filmmaker... And as a very structured and a planned person, I would rather you plan your shots so that you don't have the liberty which current lazy filmmakers do, that they just fill in uh, loads and loads of uh, memory oh, cards. Okay, you okay, just okay, keep yeah. filling your memory cards with a steady cam because you know that uh, steady cam footage after editing can look like a traditional film footage but I'll still respect you more if you've planned your yeah. shots and you know okay I'm going to do a 30 second take from this part of the action slash dialogue to this part and this is it so I'll respect you more yeah and that makes sense because I uh, usually it's very hard for me to tell sometimes the difference of the cameras uh, like you do and so it's very uh it's very cool that you are able yeah I think like in my first 
class in film school this teacher and she loves uh, Tarantino so that's why I like her of course but uh, this is the first thing she said she's like this is your first class in film school and after this class and after graduating you will never ever ever be able to enjoy a film because you will see the things you've studied about you will see all the mistakes and things and you'll never look at a film the same way so mm. it's like i've stopped enjoying films in the way you still enjoy films i've just it's just changed which brings us back to the film that we will be watching today so the dark knight for me is the first movie of knowledge which i saw as a filmmaker but i could say that uh, i really like the movie but i did not fall in love with it because the superhero genre in general it's not my favorite I'm more of an old soul, very, very old soul, and I love the classical movies and the French genre. And my my most favorite ones are the silent movies, which I love and uh, adore with all my heart. Yeah, so as uh, film lovers with two very different approaches to watching and liking a film, I think I like that we chose a film that is directed by one of my favorite directors and a fellow countryman, Christopher Nolan. Like, despite the fact that it is a superhero film, and I have again like you never been in love with superhero films but uh, when the dark knight first came out i liked how nolan who is known for his neo noir films made batman into the dark knight so effectively making him darker grittier and more complex over character and just not a bad man but my skepticism in regards to superhero films remain and i'm proud of the fact that i have not pandered and fallen prey to the big money making showcase of marvel and avengers like no that is not happening i will always hate marvel <laughs> and avengers and that crap so let's watch the film then and come back and talk about it you've changed things something since i come from a bollywood background honestly that was a very very long movie and i just lost interest in in it and specifically in the love story of a rachel and the two-faced uh harvey yes harvey Dent. and um i did not <laughs> connect with them at all i'm so sorry like i felt like their part in the movie was so not necessary you know i felt that they were extras and i lost the storyline of batman and the joker many many times to the point that i just didn't want to watch it anymore honestly yeah absolutely i totally agree like there was just a sensory overload of too many characters i think the first thing that really struck me about the film was that the stylistic element of christopher nolan was intact but it kept getting interrupted by the rich world of dc comics and he tried to squeeze in a lot of story and multiple storylines like you mentioned with harley yes. dent and rachel and like the cameo by killian murphy as scarecrow we both of us we love Honestly, killian murphy 
I would have his babies. Me too. I like him a lot. Anytime. But the... exactly, we'll have his babies and we'll be sister wives of Killian yes. Murphy. But you know, like the thing with Killian is that I was so expecting him to be in the movie, but the director just, you know, gave us a little bit of That's of right. a. Sh- just yeah, a bit of a cameo like yes he so he was in batman because you were you know familiar yeah, with the true. film and nolan so christopher nolan very famously has a deep liking for killian oh. murphy and of course i understand that so he has him in uh, batman begins he has a meteor no- role yeah. in batman begins he's in dark knight and then he's also there in dark knight rises but then if you're just watching it as a standalone yeah. film you're like, okay, you understand that, okay, Killian is a, as an actor, he's yeah. amazing. But then my critique to this would be that if someone doesn't know anything about the comics, it's just a bit jarring and confusing. Yeah, that was me, because when I saw Killian's face and his beautiful eyes, I'm like, oh my god, I will love this movie with all my heart. But no, I'm not a fan also of this movies, therefore I wouldn't call this real cinema, to be truly honest, because I don't think that this movie that uh, this movies can be uh, perceived as a real cinema because they lack the concept of what cinema uh, truly is made of, which to me is connected to the facts of the story. And what I'm and uh, what I mean by that is that uh, it is based in some sort of a reality, and uh, although it might have it might have a tendencies of having a fantasies in it. The reality of the story should always be connected to the maxim of the truth that the story is truly a portraying because no matter what happens in the end, we are all longing for the truth to come out. Therefore, we are expecting the truth. Which is very interesting. Like when you, yeah, because when you're talking yeah. about the truth, it just struck me like the biggest thing we learned in the film school was and as a filmmaker, I've explored with these things. I don't know I have to, why I have to keep explaining myself. But the thing about the truth is, even when you have the fantasy yeah. genre, I haven't connected with that. But then there are people who connect with it. So in the fantasy genre also, you create a fantasy universe. But that universe, like in the Harry Potter films or in yeah. Avatar, you have a universe that has its own rules yes. and laws. So you connect to those rules and laws and then you make a film and a story where you need to have characters that the audience connects with, but it still relates to the laws of the universe. Like, for example, in the High Potter world, you have uh, the muggles slash non-magical people technology that doesn't work in the High Potter magical yeah. world. That's the law of the Harry Potter universe. That universe doesn't exist. But now that's something which I understand as in, as a person watching the Harry Potter films. And that's the truth that yes. you're talking about. Yeah, because... And superhero movies are trash because they don't have that. Yeah, and uh, I wouldn't call them uh, necessarily trash. But the thing is that... Um, <laughs> um, that's because you're a polite person, like... I'll just call all of them like trash and cunts yes. and nerds, even though I had a crush on the comic <laughs> book nerd for 10 days. Oh. So I'm not a horrible person. No, you're not. Yes, you're not. <laughs> you are not. No, you know this person. Uh, I know this person? Wait, who is this person? Oh my god. <laughs> the 
Oh, really? Yes, I did. So I had a crush on him for like two days, three months what? ago. What? Three yeah, months I ago, did. and you actually um expect me I to remember it? I sent you a text, and to which you yes, you do because you okay. sent me a message, and you're like, yes. So you should stop talking to him so much and don't talk to him that often. That do you part, remember that you were sitting that on my part sofa? I remember, yes, but yes. um. This was right after I told you that we've been talking a lot and I have a crush oh, on him. Yeah, but this was in the beginning, yeah. beginning. Yes, this was in the oh, beginning. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it was in the beginning. But point is that I'm not a bitch. <laughs> I would still have a crush on a comic book. I love his, uh, justifications. Yeah, keep them coming. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> but you know, like, that's the truth and the reality of these things, right? Because... There's people who love them, and there's people like me who dislikes them, but uh, but um, I don't necessarily uh, hate them. <laughs> but it's just like the fact <laughs> of the matter that I just don't see the truth that I want to see in a movie, let's say. Or uh, I just don't see the truth of the cinema, of the real... Uh, of the real cinema when I go and pay the money to see this type of movies, right? And so this is not a movie that I will pay money to go and watch when it comes out? Yes, because even I wouldn't yeah, pay yes, money well, yes. for, to watch a superhero <laughs> film. I think the last film I paid money for was uh, Spider-Man 1 with Tobey Maguire. Wow. I paid money for That's that. <laughs> long time no, ago. Yes, I paid. And then I was in Scotland with the banker. Yeah. And we paid money to watch uh, Henry Cavill's uh, what's first Superman. Super, Superman, Superman, right? Yes, that was thirteen pounds. I paid thirteen pounds okay, to but Superman. He's I was like, "Fuck, Cavill, this is expensive." So Cavill is worth the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's Henry yeah. Cavill. He wasn't famous at the, at that point, but then I was like, "Okay, I'm with my banker. He's an ugly cat, <laughs> but I'd rather watch Henry Cavill." So I paid money for that, and I haven't paid money for any other superhero film. Same, yeah. Exactly. So that's why I was laughing. Yeah, and <laughs> is it true? Yeah. It, it's it's just not something that. I would like to watch in the cinema. And uh, like you said, like this was your perspective as a philosophy pitch. So, but as a filmmaker, we are always skeptical of the superhero genre. And I totally agree that it is not cinema. It's not real cinema because cinema is an yeah. art form. It is all about teamwork between the director and the DOP and the production design, editing. And with superhero films, I always have a big beef with Marvel World where it ends up being all about the money and VFX. Like, no, stick to telling stories. You have a very That's powerful... That's true, the business yes. side... It's very exactly. big. Exactly. You yeah. have such a powerful visual medium. You're not restricted by anything. It's so simple. Back to the Dark Knight. The camera work is exquisite. Like, I love how the low angle shots were placed. Not a lot of steady cam work. Thank you, Christopher Nolan. The action shots actually caught me high. I hate action films, but this caught me high. And then the direction is always great because I loved how Nolan played the duality of black and white in the film. Like the Dark Knight and uh, Harvey Dent being the white knight, that fucking cunt. Then the production design would always mimic that uh, you would see Bruce Wayne switching to white clothes for his human persona and the black pat suit as Batman or the Dark Knight. And you could see Christopher Nolan going deep into the essence of the character, making him more human, making Harvey Dent as dumb as he is in the comics. I actually asked 
a couple of comic book nerds about Harvey Dent's slash two face and like he's the dumbest villain like okay that makes so much sense and then Rachel who is a bitch who's she's torn between a soulmate love and a practical love yeah and honestly I I I kind of had a little bit of a problem with the Rachel's <laughs> love story because I just didn't think it made sense at all at all and so I strongly feel like that wasn't uh, See, that's because you didn't see the first film. All. So I'll give you a quick lesson. Yes, that's true. Because this is something that we've always uh, talked about. So in the first film, Batman Begins, Rachel was in love with Bruce Wayne. And that's a soulmate love, the twin flame love that you talk about. Like my skeptical yes. scientific ass will never accept that. But Don't yes. forget soulmates exactly. and the twin so, flames, okay? <laughs> Bruce Wayne is her soulmate to inflame love and the breakup because yeah. he chooses to be Batman and she's like I can't be with the person who's going to put his life in danger all the time who has bigger things to do in life as opposed to just being my husband so in the second film when you see her she is with her practical love with a person who actually makes so much sense yes. he's a politician he has all of his priorities set right and that's the thing you see. So that's why Harvey Dent and Rachel always fell awkward because that was a practical love. That's the kind of person you would settle for. But she still had love for Bruce Wayne. And you could Yeah, and I saw that too in her right? eyes whenever yeah. uh, he would come around and whenever he would like bring a different girls hmm. and she would see that because that was that's a lot of tension. That's her soulmate because that's the person and you can see that and and where and where did that lead her unfortunately i don't know because uh, <laughs> that's how i rally up i love this that's how I know. because oh my god this is so hard for me because i'm always like struggling between crazy soulmate passionate love and being a realistic bitch scientific scientific b okay that's what you are exactly that's my you thing like, that. i'm yes i have yes scientific bitch so i'll break up with blokes because it's not practical back to the joker uh, i'll get a little bit of philosophical especially and specifically if i dare say about the joker's character because i have always been fascinated with the joker the first time uh, which i watched at the dark knight i really liked his character in the sense that he was very fascinating because uh, in a very in a very a philosophical manner if you try to uh, decode him oh my god he's like the best thing to uh, decode because his character it's very uh, controversial but uh, at the same time true to the reality of the person that uh, he is and so the contradictions which uh, he brings within the society and the relationship that uh, he has with the joker it it uh, truly does go with the world in the sense that the manipulation and the destruction that uh, he gives to all of us as a gift for us to see, it becomes really deep. And so I feel like uh, his character and a philosophy Absolutely. go one way. And I love this about the Joker, really. And again, the director, he did not focus on the reason the Joker was all about chaos because sometimes that's just it. There is no reason and some people who just love chaos and madness and you can see that with the Joker, like how he manipulated people. But what yes. I really liked was the teamwork between Nolan and Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger is gorgeous as the 
Joker. And you can see how they built the character together. As opposed to, again, my beef number two, with Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix Joker. Because... Oh my god. Ex- yeah. Yes. The director lost the fucking plot and the poor actor had to carry the crazy character on his shoulders. And the yes. thing with uh, Joaquin's Phoenix Joker, which I which I went to the cinema and watched actually because the trailer sold me, but oh my god, I did not expect what I saw. I feel that uh, Joaquin did an amazing job by portraying the Joker and uh, although the movie would have better version i feel if the direction went in a went a, exactly a different way direction. because it was too sad to watch honestly it was too sad to watch and so i left the theater by feeling like shit i'm like what did i just watch you know which is why i feel like heath Ledger's joker and christopher nolan are so much better yes compare now to give a little bit of a background on the Joker, I will connect it to uh, Victor uh, Hugo's book, uh, The Man Who Loves, which was later adapted into a movie by the very famous director called a Paul, a Paul Lenny, as the Joker is played by my favorite silent movie actor called a Conrad Vade. His movies are fascinating, by the way. If you want to check him out, mm. by all means, you will not. But it's a silent movie, so don't expect dialogues. Exactly, yeah. Because then you'll be a cunt for expecting titles. <laughs> yes. A silent movies are all about you watching a silent movie, a black and white silent movie for maybe three hours max. But please don't hate me. Just give them a shot because they're very, because they're very fascinating. Uh, the Joker, however, in this version, focuses on the character of a Gwynplaine, who is the son of a lord, who was uh, kidnapped as a child by a group that stole uh, children, uh, mutila- uh, mutilated them, or uh, disfigured them in some way in order to exploit them. These uh, children would be put on the streets to beg, or they would be sold into a circus. Uh, years later, a Gwynplaine ends up performing in a theater production uh, that travels around the country. During the shows, his face is covered, as the lower half of his face is also always covered, and by the end, when his face is fully discovered, and uh, his frozen smile is actually revealed, the people start laughing at him. Which this is also a connection, in a way, that leads a Gwynplaine to discover that he's the son of a lord, and after he takes the role at his father's seat in the House of the Lords, but when he tries to talk about serious businesses, his fixed green, it is hard for for the other lords to take him seriously. And so in the end, unfortunately, Gwynplaine commits suicide because his facial deformity was something that he couldn't bear. This actually reminds me of uh, Phantom of the oh, Opera wow. because I'm obsessed with yes, that Yes, you musical. are. <laughs> it reminds me of Phantom of the Opera because the Phantom was mutilated, but he was still human. But uh, he was mutilated and forced into a circus and he was called a freak all his life and he was a very smart person. But because he was a mutilated person with some facial deformities, he was forced to live in a circus till he got into this opera house. But even after that, his life and Death was also marred by tragedy. Mm. And like you point out with the Joker and Gwen Plain, it's like tragedy is the theme of their lives. And tragedy still is the theme of The Dark Knight and the film. And uh, one of of the points that uh, I want to connect with the story 
is that in the end the Joker wasn't able to attain the big the big the total yeah. chaos and that was a very powerful scene yeah. in the film like you have two boats one full of uh, criminals and the people we traditionally view as bad and then you have regular people and they both have those remote controls to control yes. the bomb and both those pot boats don't uh, blow each other up which is very interesting because the joker expected or wanted the worst in the society but in great times of need the best in the society came yes up. and this is something that i honestly felt that it was very powerful and really stayed with me because it made me realize that not only is a joker a fascinating a philosophical a character to talk to but it's also a very fascinating way talking about a morality because this is where the morality comes in and the philosophy of the good and wrong you know and uh, the status quo in the sense like okay so what's going to happen then if we were ever put in a situation like this which is very funny because currently all of us are in a situation like that yeah so it's like imagine if joker really existed and he was in a current america he would have succeeded because american cunts would have just blown oh each other God, up yeah, that's so true. still ready to do that yes uh this this is one of the things that really struck me which is the notion of right and wrong because this branch of a philosophy it is a strongly connected to to the moral philosophy that actually systemizes and defends the concept of what's right and what's wrong and this concerns specifically the matters of value so the uh, resolution to this to this type of questions would be in a relation to the human morality by a defending the concept of good and evil right and wrong virtue and vice justice and crime but this which is very interesting yeah. because i just understood so imagine if joker is the wrong and batman is the right batman tries to make harvey dent the white knight and the right thing yes that's so true do you see how confusing it yeah. gets like if you're a philosophical brain it just gets very confused like okay who's the right and the wrong do we hate batman do we love him like we know we hate the joker but then do we hate him or do we like him for bringing up someone like harvey dent on the yeah. front yeah that's yeah that's very true which this can also lead to the fields of uh, moral uh, psychology and uh the descriptiveness of the value of theory you could be talking about the moral questions which would be purpose versus uh, responsibility a good and consciousness the civil society and the state because the joker uh welcomed the state in this uh, prospect because that discarded all of these philosophical doctrines that you're talking yes, about yes because if you think about it uh, who was the state in the joker's mind the batman right and so the batman uh, did not uh, represent just a, a vigilante but he also represented this moral consciousness of the state that the joker was longing to destroy or was longing to uh, seduce too in a way right because he wanted the batman to be by his side in his twisted mind he would only see his rights and wrong which to me that would always be wrong but it's just like the fact that he just wanted to destroy the state but he also wanted to not destroy it at the same time 
which is what was reflected in uh, the Joker versus the Dark Knight versus the White Knight. I sort of felt like uh, what's his name? Chris I should not say this. Nolan. <laughs> No, yeah, I shouldn't say what's his name in front of him. That's so sad. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I sensed that with uh, the characters that Christopher Nolan had made, that uh, all of them individually were battling with the concept of good and the evil. Which brings me back to Harry Potter, because I am a big Harry Potter nerd. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. I am a big, big, big Harry Potter nerd. So... The Dark Knight features Gary Oldman as uh, Lieutenant oh, Gordon. I just love him. I but just love Gary Oldman. I He's love my him. favorite Dracula. But Gary Oldman, exactly. But Gary Oldman also played Sirius Black in Harry oh, Potter. Okay. I see. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> That's just such a... But Sirius Black slash Gary Oldman had this great line in Harry Potter that stuck with me. This was in Order of the Phoenix, which released in 2005 when I was 15. And it was uh, Sirius tells Harry, he's like, the world isn't divided into death eaters and good people. And for the first time, imagine a 13, 14 or a 15 year old reading that book and being like, wait, yes, the world isn't divided into black and white. And that is the beauty of Harry Potter. And obviously we will watch the Harry Potter films, all eight of them later in the podcast. <laughs> Well, spoiler, spoiler alert, will, yes. and why why Sam is yelling <laughs> at me is because I have never, ever watched a Harry Potter movies, nor Despite the uh, fact have I read the that books. Lord Voldemort was <laughs> stuck in the forest of Albania for uh, 11 years. I know. But yes, back to the whole black and white concept. This was the first time I was introduced to the concept of yes. black and white. And again, Christopher Nolan deals with it with all of his characters. In terms of production design, what really struck me as a mark of a great director was how he portrayed the characters in their element without us having to interpret a lot about them. So you don't need a lot of dialogue and a big setup to understand what a character is going through. You can see Bruce Wayne in his large empty house and it's always shot with a wide angle camera. So you see the entirety of the space, which is not populated with furniture and random things. You see the ceiling and the flow and the character appears really small. And that's what Bruce Wayne was from the inside. He was a lonely, sad heart. And then when the Joker is shot, you see it is shot at a medium close angle or with a very close shot. And it gives us a peek into his disturbed mind. Like you can see his uh, makeup being all distorted, his eyes being crazy and lets us connect more with the character because the character itself, the Joker, is doesn't connect with his world at all. He just exists as himself. He doesn't give a fuck about the world. That's true, yeah. Exactly. And this is the beauty of cinema. It's the beauty of film, like with different cameras and different angles and just choosing different lenses. You can just, give the audience something about the character and the audience knows and connects with the, those characters. But in conclusion, it is obvious that we are not fans of superhero movie genre, despite all of this. No, we are not. Right. But the Dark Knight trilogy still is a refreshing change from all other superhero movies I paid for. 
So I would definitely <laughs> recommend it. Well, uh, for me, as a philosophy professor in the making, I personally think that The Dark Knight was actually a good movie. It was a very decent and I really like the philosophy behind it, uh, specifically uh, with the Joker and the way that he views life and the way that he dances and uh, waltzes through life and uh, through uh, manipulations and through his hate and love for the Batman and for the world and for the people around him in a way. And so uh, for me, the connection was very cool, uh, specifically with the uh, philosophy way of thinking. But the storyline, to be honest, felt very flat. And I didn't like the love part of it because <laughs> I felt that, like, yes, because that's just something that I, I felt like it's a waste of time. And so if Nolan just stuck to the Batman and the Joker story, I think it would have been fascinating, you know, just, yeah. to, just to see those two and see uh, how the story would have... Uh, like what the tussle a, yeah. between the Batman and the Joker and the thing we talked about it's like while we were watching the film we were like it seems like it's a love story of Batman and the Joker yes and then we didn't see that no so, yeah you could see uh, like a missed opportunity there yeah a little bit but you know uh, I would give the movie a 7 out of 10 because it was decent and uh, I think that Nolan is a very cool director actually but yeah. just the love story really threw me off a little bit, but uh, other than that, I think it, it, I think that it was a very well-made movie. Definitely a well-made movie. Totally, because Christopher Nolan is one of my favorite directors. I loved the way he does the whole uh, non-linear timeline, and Christopher Nolan is an expert in that. So if you have seen Memento, you would know what I'm talking about. But for to make a linear film, and because I know what Christopher Nolan is capable of. I will sadly give this film like a 5 on 10. Oh Only my god. I know. Really? Because, <laughs> yes, because you have to watch the other Christopher Nolan films. And Fair enough. This is where my film watcher's tip comes. So Christopher Nolan, he has some great neo-noir films. So if you've ever seen any of the 70s and 80s noir films with dark shadows and low camera angles you will know what I'm talking about so this is called the Sam's Nolan trilogy and it has to be watched in this order to understand him as a director fall in love with him and I recommend watching it when you're high <laughs> because oh yes because the non-linear timeline and the way he manipulates camera angles and the story the script is always so strong so start with watching the following which is his first film and it's shot in london after you watch the following do not take a pause do not break it's not like you have anything else to do with the isolation watch especially now memento <laughs> exactly the following then watch the memento and then you will see how both of them are linked i'm not going to connect both of them for you because if i have to connect it you are a cunt in my head so i am not connecting it so watch the following watch memento you'll have a eureka movement where you'll be like oh fuck both of these are connected and then you watch inception wow and then you'll be like oh my god inception is like the mummy of uh, for the following and memento and because all of us have too much time and if you still have a lot of time binge watch and finish up the Sam Nolan trilogy with Interstellar. 
that is an amazing film. If you're a film nerd or you're a physics nerd like I am, I love string theory and wormholes, you will love Interstellar. If you love uh, Hans Zimmer, you will love Interstellar. If you love Matthew McConaughey, you will love Interstellar. So I will definitely recommend Interstellar and you will thank me. Yes, that's a very, very good movie. I'll tell you that much. I loved it when I watched it for the first time. Beautiful. So, if you like our podcast, give us a subscribe wherever you listen to it and share it with your circle. Drop us comments and DMs to recommend what we would watch next. And you can follow us at uh, SP Film Podcast on Instagram. I'm going to repeat it. SP, scientifically philosophical. Film Podcast on Instagram. You can follow me and my sad comedy career at Black 13 and email us at scientificallyphilosophical at gmail.com scientifically with two L and a Y philosophical at gmail.com if you can't spell it don't follow us well this was fun and thank you for joining us until next time bye bye, bye.